you're listening to the You Can't Fix What You Can't See podcast, hosted by author and consultant Karen Cornwell. Here we share real success stories from companies striving to become more gender savvy to drive innovation, growth, and engagement for all. Well, hello, everyone, and today we are interviewing Scott Beth. Scott is the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer at Intuit. And Scott, you've been at the company for 17 years, so I'm hoping that you're going to give us kind of an overall perspective out of the gate to say Intuit's been on a wonderful journey. Karen, first of all, thanks for inviting me to this conversation. Yeah, I've been at Intuit just over 17 years. And for most of the time, I have been in finance and supply chain and procurement. I was the chief procurement officer. I was also responsible for workplace and real estate. And coming into HR and being the chief diversity and inclusion officer is, is really a new chapter in my life. And I have to tell you, it is the best job of my life. I have so much passion for creating an environment of diverse individuals with different perspectives. It's not only great for business outcomes, but God, I get to learn as a leader, you know, by having this curiosity about seeing different perspectives and different life experiences, we get better business outcomes. And I grow as a leader in the process. And, you know, the other part about leading diversity and inclusion at Intuit is what an amazing time and place to be doing this work. There is an awakening that's happening around gender equality, racial equity. Everyone wants to be included. And so, yes, we spend a lot of time focused on gender and underrepresented minorities, but we also spend a lot of time with our LGBTQ in, uh, community, people that have been in the armed forces, people with special needs and abilities. And frankly, everyone, I need everyone to be an ally and I want everyone to bring their full authentic selves to work. Because when you do that, you unleash productivity and creativity in the workplace. It's truly amazing, isn't it? When you really offer that to people that they step right up and bring their full selves in, it can do pretty amazing things. At least that's what I've seen. There's this powerful study that was done by Deloitte and a uh, law professor, Yoshino. And it's about covering. It's about people who don't bring their full authentic selves to work. And it turns out by interviewing thousands of employees at hundreds of companies, the researchers found that 61% of all employees hide a part of their identity from their coworkers. And they spend a lot of energy and time keeping their identities out of the workplace. So it's much higher for African-Americans, for Latinx, LGBTQ individuals. But what they found is that 45% of straight white men cover. They hide a part of their identity. It could be their socioeconomic upbringing. It could be that they have autism. It could be a child with special needs, their military service, their religious beliefs. And Karen, the amount of energy is just draining. And that's why diversity, equity, inclusion is for all. It's really so important. And it's so important to listen to people as well, right? Because they will tell you what they need if you, if you listen, <laughs> if you listen. It's so, been, uh, 
I'm sorry, Karen, that's been part of my journey. When I became the CDO, I talked to over 170 employees one-on-one Wow, to hear their stories. And Intuit's a great place. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a values-driven company. It's safe, ethical, and inclusive. And even with all of the bright spots that we have, I still heard stories of people saying, you know, I don't see myself when the leaders of, the, of my function are up on the, on the podium talking to us. And it's like, as a woman in, in this function, can I aspire to grow my career? Because I don't see myself here. It is truly amazing that that representation makes a huge difference for people. Where, where can I go? Where am I? And where, and where are my talents and how can they best be used? So I think that's, I think that's a really important, but you interviewed a hundred and how many people? Over 170. That's pretty incredible. That's a pretty, that's a big chunk of time. Well, this is, this, what's interesting about Intuit is, uh, in, this is public information that and papers have been written about our innovation methodology. And it's very simple. The way that we build products and the way that we run all parts of the company through our innovation model is you first build deep customer empathy. You want to not do surveys. You want to observe. You want to talk to people. And only then can you begin to generate hypotheses and go very broad with possible solutions or ways that you can solve their big unmet needs before narrowing down on a solution for an opportunity. And then finally, testing things out very rapidly. Don't do a big bang. Don't roll something out across the entire company or entire employee base or a customer base, but rather iterate your way to success. And Karen, the way that I distill this model is basically love, curiosity, and courage. Fall in love with the customer problem, have that curiosity, and then be able to have the courage to learn and to fail fast. And I applied that same methodology to the domain of of diversity and inclusion. And it begins with that deep empathy, falling in love with the customer problem. And that's why I spent so much effort talking to individuals about their stories of inclusion and exclusion. And yes, we have tremendous numbers, and there's an analytical part to this. I'm really proud of the fact that in my tenure, we've moved from 28% women in technology to 29 on our way to 30, and to do that takes a lot of work. 32% of our senior leaders are women. Half of the CEO staff are women. Over a third of our board are women. We've made these incredible gains, but you you have to partner those statistics with those stories of experience to develop that deep empathy to begin to internalize and empathize what is it like to be interrupted eight times in a meeting? What is it like not to get the high visibility, high risk projects and your male colleagues are? Those are the stories that we want to unearth to really understand the human impact of not being inclusive. So Scott, you went out and went through this great education process when you started this role. How did you get the rest of the leadership team to go with you? First of all, by finding sponsors, people that care deeply about equality, 
about advancing women in executive positions and partnering with them, also expanding that to a broader strategy called Tone at the Top. And we now have representation metrics that are reviewed on a monthly basis with all senior leaders in the company, 450 of them. And we look at women in technology, women in executive positions, and our community of underrepresented minorities. And we don't only look at those numbers because it's almost like looking in a rear view mirror. Yes. Like what we were able to, to achieve. Some companies create big audacious goals to double the number of women in technology over a five-year period. Well, guess what? Five years come and go and people come and go and they aren't able to achieve it. And they go, boy, that was a big goal. That's really hard to achieve. Let's just push out the goal. And we are interested and we do monitor, as I mentioned, on a monthly basis, women in technology, underrepresented minorities, but we're very focused on input goals, which means how many women do we have on each interview slate in technology? And we require at least one woman candidate for every technology role that we have in the company, hopefully more, but a minimum of one. We ensure that the interviewers, that, that, is, that panel is diverse, that we have at least one woman on the interview panel. And we also make sure that every US rec has an underrepresented minority on the interview slate that goes through the actual interviews. And we do something called assessing for awesome. So instead of just talking through a resume, we ask people to demonstrate their craft. So software developer, how would you approach this problem? Here's a case study. How would you go about solving this problem? What techniques would you use? Marketing manager, if we wanted to enter into a new country, what would you do to prepare our entry into that country? And we give these case studies several uh, days ahead of time. And then we have a conversation about what someone would do and what they hope to achieve and also how they would approach it. Because it into it, both the what and the how are really critical. Assessing for awesomeness. I love that. I think that's really amazing. And it can really allow people to show their stuff. And I like that you said you gave them this information in advance so they, they actually have a chance to put together kind of how I would approach it and give it some real thought, right? Because in two seconds, you can't just answer that question. But if you, if you have a couple of days to go, this is what I would do. And we found, a, we found another benefit, Karen, by embracing this craft demonstration approach is that it works really well with neurodiverse individuals. So candidates that have autism, people that may have different learning styles. It works really well when we're talking about the work that needs to be done, rather than just asking a series of questions that doesn't really get at, how is this person going to do in the job? Can you actually do the job? Are you, do, do you get it? <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's really important when you're that's hiring. Right. So, wow, that is, that is amazing in the the numbers have panned out quite well for you all. How have you seen the culture change from when you started to where you are today? I would expect there's been quite a shift. Yeah, the culture shift has been 
exciting and impressive. And the way that I, I think about the culture shift is through the eyes of our employee resource groups. And if you think about communities of employees that have come together that share some characteristic, we have 11 employee resource groups in the company, a women's ERG, our pride ERG, veterans, African ancestry, Christian, Muslims, needs and abilities, different abilities. So we have these rich employee resource groups and a lot of allies, a lot of people who care deeply about diversity and inclusion. And when I look at the arc, the evolution of these communities, they began pretty much as a social networking community, being able to build connections with people who are like you, being able to share experiences, being able to get psychological and emotional support and career coaching. What we're seeing over uh, time with investments in diversity inclusion is that not only do we build these professional networks, but we're able to invest in the development and the leadership capabilities of these individuals by giving them projects where they have to work across organizational boundaries, where they build delegation skills, where they learn how to inspire others, when they learn project management skills. So there's this incredible investment being made in professional development and coaching of our ERG leaders. We use these groups as listening posts. Great example is that this last year, we had our first transgender summit. We flew in when we could still see each other. We flew in, right? We flew in all of our transgender employees into Mountain View, California, and had the very first trans summit. And we invite colleagues from the tech industry. We had Axios there and Forbes, and it was an amazing experience. And what came out of that by using it as a listening post was huge advances in our uh, healthcare coverage for trans employees, where we now are aligned with the WPATH standards, which is like cutting edge We have trans employees, candidates that are reaching out to Intuit and joining us because they know that we are such an accepting and inclusive environment. So, you know, in that respect, Karen, we're getting an advantage in finding the world's top talent. And these technologists who are also trans are absolutely brilliant. We also give back to the community in a virtual way. And we're also using these teams to help us with business strategy by using- Talk a little about that. That sounds great. So a good example from our pride group before marriage equality is that we built empathy with our own employees about how do you do your taxes if you're in a domestic partnership or in a marriage in a state that recognizes it, but the federal government doesn't. Uh, How does that work? Exactly. (laughs) It's like- we'd have to create three or four different types of tax returns in order to imagine doing your taxes four times. No, I don't want to think about that, Scott. (laughs) Based on that empathy, we created a product that made it easier for LGBT couples to file their taxes. And when marriage equality did occur, we created a product that goes back and recalculates the taxes of the past three years to see if you should refile Oh wow. As a married couple to save people money. So wow. that's just that's just one example, Karen, of how we tap into our employee resource groups in order to build better products and to fuel innovation. 
Scott, that's really amazing. I had no idea that tapped into it for the business purpose, which is really what you need to do. But that is a very unique intersection of people and right in your business. This is what we do. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Karen, we want to be a mirror of our marketplace. We have over 50 million customers. And I talked about the innovation cycle and building deep customer empathy. Well, guess what? The people that we serve, our customers are represented or reflected in the composition of our workforce. When so we they can get in, it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They can totally get it. But it's up to the leader to create an environment that draws out the voices and to draw out the experiences. Inclusion is a choice. Diversity is a fact. Oh, I love that. And leaders have got to choose to draw out voices and experiences. Otherwise, it is a lost opportunity. That is awesome. It is, uh, what did you call it? Assessing for awesomeness. I really love that. No, Assessing that is, for awesome. That is really that is really amazing. I think you may be the first company that I've talked to that has an ERG focused on abilities. I think that's the first, the first, you're the first company I've heard that has that kind of an ERG, which is so important because, and many of those are not, they're not necessarily things that you can see. Right? Absolutely. In fact, we've spent so much time on mental well being during the COVID crisis. People are feeling stressed. People, some people feel isolated. People feel overwhelmed. And we have invested considerable resources and attention to people's well-being and making sure that, I mean, Karen, we offered a mindfulness seminar with professional mindfulness coaches, 300 people RSVP'd, 1,500 people showed up. Oh my, wow. Oh my God, in a Zoom, you know. Wow, you're getting close to the Zoom limit now. (laughs) Absolutely, kind of beyond, but people, they People are it. craving this. And this is part of inclusion is to understand where people's heads are at, how we help support each other and making that investment. That is Aaron, so important, Scott. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today and to educate the audience about what great companies are doing when they're doing wonderful things for their women and everybody else, if you will. Everybody wants to be included. It's 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 not just women anymore. No, it's not. It's a pleasure to join you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Scott. You've just listened to the You Can't Fix What You Can't See podcast with host and author Karen Cornwell. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and peers. If you know of a company doing amazing things to become more gender savvy, please drop us a line at the website, youcan'tfixwhatyoucan'tsee.com. We are on the lookout for success stories to share with our listeners so their companies can become gender savvy.